You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to a very special 40 Going On 14. I'm Josh, and this gag doesn't work very well without the other three. If you're wondering why there's only one voice in your ears instead of the usual four, it's because the other three guys are at Gen Con, the world's largest gaming convention. I will be coming to you with a mini-show special episode, talking a little bit about Gen Con then and now, as it is a subject dear to my heart, though I am not attending this year. I uh, actually work for a company that is highly involved in the production of Gen Con, and my role is to mind the store while they're away. So, on to normal business. Uh, We will be skipping the voicemail slash email portions of our show for the moment. We do have some emails. We do have some voicemails. We'll be revisiting those next week. Uh, However, it is about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. All right, this week in is uh, August 1968, which would be the year the first Gen Con was held at Gary Gygax's home in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Uh, August 1968 in music. Tommy James and the Shondells are at number one with Moni Moni. The song's title comes from the view of the Mutual of New York sign from the hotel room when the song was written, where they were looking for a t- catchy title for the track. Movies. Hang'em High is released. It's the uh, first production of Clint Eastwood's Malpaso Company. Features Eastwood taking vengeance on the men who attempt to lynch him over cattle they thought he stole. It made the largest United Arts box office opening in history, exceeding all of the Bond films of the era. 1968 August in TV. Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In is number one, even up against the last half hour of Gunsmoke and Lucille Ball's Here's Lucy, which was her third televised sitcom. And in sports, preparations were being finalized for the Olympic torch relay for the 1968 Summer Olympics, which were held in Mexico City, not in the summer, but in October. In late August, the torch would be lit in Greece and would travel the route Columbus took to the New World before arriving at the stadium in Mexico City. That's this weekend. All right, with that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about Gen Con. What is it? Well, it's the largest tabletop gaming convention in the United States uh, by either number of events or number of people who show up every year. Uh, For me, it was something I wanted to go to from a very young age, reading in the back of the mail order hobby shop catalog. Uh, I played Dungeons & Dragons for from a very young age, uh, what would have been second grade here in the U.S., with whoever would play with me, whether that was older kids, uh, my brother, even talked my dad into trying it once. It didn't take. But uh, I wanted to go and be with hundreds or thousands of other people who had the same interests as I did. And uh, I managed to finally talk my dad into taking me for the first time in 1989. And that started a 20-year unbroken streak of me attending every single year. 
Uh, that allowed me to be there for Gen Con 1993, right after I graduated high school when Magic the Gathering was released. And to be there, right there at the beginning when uh, that game was brand new, the cards were alpha and whatnot. Uh, when I got to college the next year in 93 and met the other guys with the podcast, organizing ourselves to take a trip down to the show became an event. We'd sit down with our pre-registration manuals, and it would be like a really nerdy version of registering for college classes. You had all these grids and things that you wanted to do at particular times, and you had your backup plans, and you had to consider, well, I want to do this, but uh, what time am I actually going to get up? That sort of thing. And I can remember sitting in a diner with uh, Mike and Patrick and Joel and some of the other guys uh, with our books all laid out and saying, okay, we want to play Shadowrun at 5 p.m. and we've got this Dungeons and Dragons game at noon and kind of just having a good time working out trying to coordinate all of our schedules so we could all play at the same time and uh, we followed Gen Con from its time in Milwaukee at the Mecca Convention Center on to it moving uh, to Indianapolis and that's actually where I had uh, my very first date with my wife so uh, Gen Con's very special to me even though I haven't been in a couple of years now, uh, let's get another perspective on Gen Con from Mike. Uh, he is not live. This is recorded. So, years ago, I went to Gen Con in 1998, 99, around there. And it was pretty cool. We went there, we played some games, we did some events, and it was Milwaukee. Uh, all of us crammed together in one little room and... You know, we ate ramen noodle for lunch. We went back to the hotel room and brought beef jerky and uh, granola bars with us back on the uh, you know out on the trail when we were out there in the events, and uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, we had a great time. You know, we played a bunch of games during the day and went out during night. Had a good time. Uh, really suffered for it the next day sometimes, and it uh, it was good. Uh, since then, I've been to. 16, 17 Gen Cons since then, maybe around there, somewhere around there, and it's been fun. Uh, I have made the transition of going from being a person who goes there to attend events to actually becoming an event with uh, Instant Game Show, which is an, uh, the mobile game show that I do with Patrick, and uh, him and I travel around the con hall giving away prizes and games and making people do silly things for just a t-shirt or a bag or sometimes just a little pin that says you're a loser. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. It has been. It's been a big transition going from you know, one to the other. And it's weird because you still feel the same when you come home. You're just worn out, just exhausted. And you probably hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit more bassy than usual today. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's a good time. And one of the things that I have noticed in the changes between, say, the late 90s to now is Gen Con has actually put a new focus on families. There's a lot more strollers, a lot more kids, a lot more families going to Gen Con together uh, all at once than there used to be, at least by my recollection. It used to be, you know, the gamers, the hardcore gamers would be there. Now the hardcore gamers have grown up and have children, and they're dressing up them, dressing them up like little Zelda dolls. And little Okay, so... The, uh, yeah, like I said, there's more families going and you're doing the cosplay thing and all that. And, um, Gen Con has changed for the better, I think, because of it, because there's more acceptance to it. You know, you see a group of guys hanging out, playing a game, 
you know, there's one attitude that the locals will have to it. You know, oh, there's, you know, the gamers are in town or whatever. But if you see a family gaming together, it's a completely different look. Um, and the towns themselves, speaking about that, Milwaukee kind of tolerated us when we would show up. They kind of were like, oh, you know, the gamers are back and you would have the, uh, you know, they, the restaurants would sometimes, you know, they'd restock, you know, they'd stock more food. I know that the, the hang-up would have a special menu. And that was about it. Pretty much everything shut down at midnight in Milwaukee, and you know, not, nobody, uh, nobody really hung out outside of the con hall. Um, when they got to Indianapolis, the first year, uh, they definitely were not ready for us because we ran the steak and shake out of food by Thursday. And now they have several, you know, fifty-foot trucks parked just outside of town. That when need, they need more food, they would come go back and get it. Uh, it wasn't actually them, only them also. It was also the Ram and some other restaurants that we ran out of food. But now they have completely recovered from it. And the uh, restaurants are all super stocked, having special menus. Indianapolis is actually a really welcome host to Gen Con. Much better than Milwaukee ever was, I think. That Indianapolis embraces Gen Con. You'll see banners hanging up. In the uh, in the streets, saying you know, best four days in gaming. One of the movie theater, big movie theater right downtown this year, was showing Aliens uh, as a they was they posted it as Gen Con throwback. So they showed Aliens on uh, thir- uh, Saturday and Friday night. I wish I could have seen that, see it on a big screen again. That would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, the Indianapolis just loves us. All the restaurants have special stuff going on. All the local places have welcome to, you know, best four days in gaming stickers up in the wall, on their walls and stuff. And everybody plays to plays to Gen Con. And now they've most recently, in the last couple of years, have put out food trucks on one of the local streets. So they'll have like this little party atmosphere with all the food trucks going on. And uh, they'll have a tent up and... Um, not Three Floyds, Sun King. Sun King Brewery actually makes a beer for Gen Con every year now. And they have a big releasing party where they everybody gets to taste it. And they have a, it's it's great. I mean, because Indianapolis as a whole has completely embraced uh, Gen Con and the whole idea of it. Uh, it still takes a toll on you. I won't lie. But um, I'm not stopping going for a, for a long while. It's just a good time. If you got a chance, you definitely should go. All right. Well... Instant Game Show with Mike and Pat isn't the only event at Gen Con that has a strong connection to 40 going on 14. The charity event called Card Hala was actually started by both members of our show and members from the College Buddies. Uh, I believe the first cards were actually folded by longtime listener and uh, the man who designed the 40 going on 14 logo, Joe Abereno. Uh, it started back in 1999 when uh, Joe and a couple of other guys were just sitting around. In fact, I think Mike may actually have been there right at the beginning, uh, sitting and making little card houses out of folded cards from the uh, Jedi Knights demo decks that were given away with that year's swag. Uh, after building little houses for a little bit, thinking it was fun... I believe it was Joe left a note that said, uh, build add-on if you wish, but uh, do not destroy. And various people, including other members of our friends and just people who were passing by and thought it looked cool in the card hall, uh, added individual structures, later bridges, uh, later other suburbs to the card city. 
And that's when our buddy Will, who is also a uh, friend to the show and uh, co-host of the uh, recently wrapped up show Schemes and Themes, uh, decided to get involved and take the event that would become Card Hala to the next level before it was even an event. Uh, the decision was made to auction off the ability to destroy the uh, city for charity uh, in a raffle. A series of tickets could be built, and whoever won the raffle would be able to run through in Godzilla the city. Well, the winner started a tradition which made Cardhala what it is today. He decided to invite everyone back to take turns destroying the city by throwing change at it and all of the change in addition to all the proceeds from the original raffle would all be donated to charity um in the years since cardhala has grown from just the little things our friends did to screw around that turned into an uh, a charity event to an official event with space uh with all sorts of crazy contraptions made out of cards including a working big ben a huge tower uh 17 feet um that was in 2006 and uh thousands of dollars have been collected for change and card Hala has moved from being not a thing at all to being an event at uh, not just gen con annually but also over at phoenix con games um, in addition to Will, who I mentioned as one of the founders, uh, our own Joel was on Cardhalis staff this year. Uh, let's let's hear from him now. Ah, uh, yes, Gen Con. First time I went was well, well over a decade ago, and I'm still not sure it wasn't back in uh, the original Card holidays. So it would have been 16 years ago, but we're not sure at this point. It was a long time ago, either way. And back then, I remember being in Milwaukee that, you know, I wasn't really ever a big gamer anyway. So being there and everyone was gaming, um, I took part in some events uh, with writing, uh, who signed is it anyway, just some of the, the fun kind of generic events that kind of applied to me. And I, I did kind of participate a little bit in a couple games, but for the most part, I just kind of hung out, people watched, uh, did a lot of reading, listening to music. Um, I did hang out at Card Halla a good chunk of the time. And uh, Drew wrote and just kind of enjoyed relaxing kind of time, just kind of being on vacation, as it were, for you know, four days, living in a hotel, uh, being close to the convention center, being able to basically walk to and from. And uh, it was just kind of a good, kind of relaxing, fun time. And I had very fond memories of that first Gen Con. It was, uh, it was a different time, you know, before uh, families and everything came into play and made it much more kind of um, difficult to get away and you know less priorities to have to to worry about maneuver things like that but um this most recent gen con was was a kind of a different animal because we've gone from being on the player side or the spectator side to being on the presenter side and it's two very different events uh, when you see it from those those perspectives and for me who's has such a long gap in between when you look at modern-day Gen Con in Indianapolis versus Milwaukee. It's a, it's a completely different animal. Uh, times have changed, people have changed, things have changed, just in general. It's a, it's a totally different thing. And, I mean, I, I still, to this day, after spending four days there, I, I have no idea exactly how big the convention center is. I even got lost at one point trying to go to uh, get a couple of uh, a bottle of Coke and, and water because it was cheaper over in the hotels. So I walked across the skywalk to the hotel and came back and somehow managed to get lost and I still have no idea 
where I was, and I, I still don't know that I saw everything in the convention center and the expanded places where things were going on. I kind of stayed focused up with Karthala and um, with uh, doing Instant Game Show. And, you know, again, it's uh, life's different now. Got a lot of priorities, uh, family, kids. Uh, you see things kind of in a different light. Um, getting the time off is much more difficult. Uh, the fact that we're at a hotel that was about 20 minutes away and a drive, plus parking, you know, that adds to kind of the stress level. And then just, you know, again, being on the presenter side where you have to be at a certain place at a certain time. It, to me, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, especially at Cardhell. I had a really good time being uh, one of the guys that was up front and talking to people and being kind of the face of Cardhell and trying to represent, uh, you know, Will and his endeavors and everything he'd done in good life. I just was floored by that. I had a really good time spending that time there and spending the time with all the guys, uh, being able to hang out, play games, and even going to the wee hours just kind of, being able to just be, you know, with other people. And um, that, to me, was, was really a highlight. And I enjoyed walking around, looking at all the games. I, I miss the artwork. That's the one thing that always attracted me to, to RPGs was the artwork. Um, saw a lot of really cool stuff. And then, of course, Doctor Who being my thing. It's very prevalent there. So had a good time with that. I saw a lot of Doctor Who stuff. Met a lot of nice people that were involved in that um, genre of sci-fi, as it were. And even had a guy take a picture of my tattoo, which... <laughs> It's kind of the ultimate compliment, I guess. But um, yeah, Gen Con, I, I definitely would say that if um, if I was asked to be a card carrying member of Card Hollow next year and uh, instant game show, I would be back in a heartbeat uh, if uh, they would have me. So here's to another successful year at Gen Con 2014, and uh, hopefully another one next year. It's kind of an interesting perspective for me, just hearing from Joel, as he's the other end of the spectrum from me. I spend probably an amount of time gaming that, if it weren't my primary hobby as well as my profession, might be considered unhealthy. So it's kind of cool to hear about the other side of Gen Con. But you know what? It isn't all fun and games. Well, a lot of it's fun, but it isn't all games at Gen Con, because one of my other best memories about doing the shows is the partying afterwards. Uh, I spent quite a few of my evenings at Gen Con, whether after a night of playing games or running them, at the bars in Indianapolis or Milwaukee. I remember one year in particular in Milwaukee where Patrick had spent a few hours making friends with one of the local bartenders who uh, treated us to the uh, shortcuts through all of the lines and back doors through the various clubs and bars of the city while all the other attendees had to wait. So that was uh, quite a bit of fun bouncing through the old haunts in that city, uh, including, of course, the safe house, the spy-themed bar. Um, with a few thoughts uh, on both the partying and the after effects is uh, the flaming wreckage of what is left of Patrick after this show. Sounds like his uh, voice got a little crushed, but uh, let's see if we can make out what he's got to say. Hey, everybody. It is Patrick, also known as Talker. I figure we have a listener, so we might as well have a talker. Um, I've been charged with the task of talking about Gen Con and what it means to me. Um, well, Gen Con is a convention. It's kind of like Comic Con, but a little bit smaller and growing. Um, I've been going to it with the guys from 4114 since I was 21 years old. It was the first time I ever went. They dragged me to it after the same year that I met him. Josh was the one that brought it up, I believe. Back then it was in Milwaukee, and we were a bunch of kids playing games, sign, I mean, we would make an event out of signing up for events. I mean, we'd sit up all night long and all pick out our events and figure out what we wanted to play, what we wanted to see, 
if what we wanted to play together, what we wanted to play separately, everything. And now that I'm older, uh, Gen Con is almost a completely different experience. Um, I don't get to play any games at all. I get to run them now. Um, thanks to our mutual friend, the 41 on 14 podcast friend, Will Zamboli. <clears throat> Sorry, let me try that again. As you can tell, my voice is going from a weekend of screaming, shouting, hosting games, hosting everything, and drinking way, way, way too much. You can ask Mike about that if you'd like to. Anyway, so my point being, now, Gun Gun is a completely different beast, a completely different animal. We spend all our time working, and it's a different type of fun because we facilitate fun for other people, which makes us have fun. Mike and I run a game show called Instant Game Show. Um, Will, our friend, runs Cardhala, which is a giant cityscape of cards put together by people over the entire weekend, nothing but volunteers, just building and building and building. And the rest of us work that when we can and help him out and do things like that. So there's not a whole lot more gaming going on for us um, as far as playing, but we definitely run the things, and it's a lot more fun. It's a different type of fun. Um, Gen Con is a great vacation for me and for all of us because it gives us a chance to get together, have fun, feel like we're kids again, but drink like we're adults. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Gen Con for me. I would hate it if I lost out on it. Have a good night. That is all. That's all I have to say about that. Bye. Well, that's just about going to wrap it up for our retrospective on Gen Con, then and now. I'm glad you've taken the time to join us. Uh, we've had all four of us sound off. Uh, the only person we haven't heard from is RoboPat. Aww. I know, RoboPat. It's sad. If only I had more footage. Well, I mean, I do have the audio that was recorded when you guys all went to uh, Steg and Shake at this year's Gen Con, but that isn't something people would want to hear. Yes, it is, you freak. Geez, no reason to jump down my throat. I've got that clip right here. I guess we'll roll that before we sign off. Steak and Shake Security. Tidy hat? No, that's a TARDIS. She's got it. I thought you were talking about the guy in the lavender tie. Yeah, I missed that joke. He does not look like security at all. He looks like someone who would coif you. I recommend not looking at the floor. What's on the floor? It looks like a Steak and Shake floor. It's filthy. Gross. Have you never been to this Steak and Shake? This is once. Once? You're from Rockford. Like, I thought, isn't that like high dining in Rockford? Like, <laughs> Steak and Shake is like a classy Waffle House. <laughs> Love Waffle House. I hate that place. You ever heard Jim Gaffigan talk about it? He's like, Waffle House gives you that feeling of, haven't I thrown up in this place before? <laughs> hey, oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> I swear to God, they had a they had a Red Bull milkshake at one point or another. I know, I know. Yeah, but she looked at me like I was an idiot. All right, shut up. <laughs> I was gonna say, we're like, she's not wrong. Yeah, I'm not saying she called. You know, just calling me out on it is rude. All right, so that was a thing. If anyone's ever wondered why we don't record live, well, there you go. Well, that's going to about wrap it up for our Gen Con 2014 special. Uh, I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, if you would like to listen to our old shows, uh, you can find us on many podcasting directories, including iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, or you can find us on the Musings of a Geek podcast network, 
or even on the radio station Geek Life Radio, Saturdays at noon. If you'd like to reach us to contribute to the show in some way, whether that is with a show idea or with a note on what uh, something you heard, you can always send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for 40 going on 14 You can also leave us a voicemail at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. As always, you can also find us at our home on the web, www.40go14.com, or you can reach us on Twitter, at 40go14. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. So, as previously promised, next week we will be returning to our regularly scheduled show of talking about soda. Whether you call it soda, pop, drank, bubbler, we're going to be talking about soft drinks of all shapes and sizes. So tune in, and you'll get to hear us caffeinated even more than normal. Also, my other three co-hosts will be back, or at least I will have fabricated a reasonable facsimile of each of them from hundreds of MP3s called over the next week from our last 48 shows. See you then. Um, this is Josh, and I'm going to sign out for the night. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends. Do you think the audience notices if you know any black man is not Samuel Jackson in the superhero movie? They don't care. I'm gonna get the Shadowrun game. I should have bought it.